binoculars or what do I see? Jersey Devil, Chupacabra, half a dozen Yeti. But no matter, baby, what I do, I can't seem to find you. Welcome to Featured Creatures. I am Alan. I'm Alex. And I'm Garrett. Fuck, I've been playing too much Civ Five. Yeah, it was a mistake getting you uh, back into video games there, my friend. I was into video games. Sorry, back into PC gaming. Yeah. They tried to get mm. me on that for class. Didn't happen. A class tried to get you to play Civ Five. Yeah, yeah, no, Reza insists it's the best AI video game ever made. I, I would have failed that class because I hate, I hate the Civ games. They're well, he doesn't not, make you play it. They're just recommended. I also I reinstalled Tropico 4. <laughs> What's I also that? don't think I like Tropico as much. I also don't like it as like, much, so I uninstalled it after playing it for an hour. I remember Steam did <laughs> a thing where it was like, oh yeah, like play these free games and like get achievements like years ago. Yeah. And it's like I have achievements for a game that like I I don't I don't like. It was just to get themes. I've been setting some real, real tough uh scenarios for the Civ game though. Yeah. I've been setting it to like only one <laughs> no, you can't build any more cities. You just get your one. Uh, maximum number of city states. So it'll be like a 12 people, 48 city states. Absolute Jesus. It just sounds like it would take, you know, forever. Like you would be up until like 12 noon. Mm, yeah, man. <laughs> I could be playing Civ 5 right now. You could, yeah, but you're I not. could still be asleep. Yeah. Even though I shouldn't, I shouldn't be asleep either. I should actually be researching. Yeah. Well, shoulda, coulda, woulda, creature, something. What are we doing today? Uh, okay, so today is featured. I don't want to think about what I could be doing. I get mad. <laughs> no, we're at work right now. Oh yeah, essential. That's true. Um, today's featured creature, underwater panther, the most alien bit of all. Also called Mishi Peshu in Ojibwe. Okay, Ojibwe. I don't know. Uh, it translates to uh, the Great Links. How really? great is it? Um, okay, here's an answer to that. All right. Uh, it's another name it has is Gichi Anamie Bizhiwi, which translates as the fabulous night panther. Nice. Okay, surpassed great. <laughs> I like the idea that like a, like a, uh, what a language I'm assuming is pre-Columbian that has like a, like a translation of the word fabulous. Like there's a <laughs> word that translates approximately to fabulous. Yeah, man. Nice. How else are you going to describe that Night Panther? I get well, you know, it how fabulous it is remains to be seen by me. It's also commonly referred to as the Great Underground Wildcat or the Great Underwater Wildcat. There's a specific one called Obojoki or the Lake Oboji monster. So what okay, it, all these things describe it as some kind of large cat, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so What's its, its its habitat is underground slash underwater in the Great Lakes region and the northeastern woodlands. And um, I put and if none of that includes Lake Okoboji in Iowa, then Lake Opo- Okoboji in Iowa. Uh, I looked it up. Iowa is not in the Great Lakes region. Yeah, no, it is. It's, it's adjacent. Well, it's the greatest lake. Great Lakes adjacent. It's in the tri-state it's underwater. area. Underwater, there's groundwater probably. Oh, I could see that, dude. It's, it travels through the streams. That means it's part mercury. Right? That's how that works. It's the (laughs) T-1000. Oh, no. You know what I can't figure out about the (laughs) T-1000 there? Right? Okay. So, like, Arnold's like, oh, it can only make, like, simple weapons, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. But, like, it can make one of the most complex, like, mechanical organisms on the planet, like a human being. It can replicate, like, 
a person ambulating, but it can't replicate I mean, a gun. Well, when it's not rep- it's not replicating the internal bits, like the bones and the muscle. Well, sure. It's just a image on top of its fucking silver liquidy innards that's doing the moving. Yeah, yeah. The visual part isn't complicated. It's the internal mechanisms of the person that are well, complicated. I mean, okay, some of it definitely, like, there's definitely some reality to the dimensions of its body. Because like you see how that like works when it gets like partially exploded and stuff. Yeah, like some of it's there's definitely some of that to it, but it couldn't like swallow a bunch of rocks and just like slingshot them out of like a, you know a gun. You know what? Touche. I mean, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> it just well, stop theorizing and giving it ideas for the future. It, <laughs> I guess you know we just rock, to find out. We Rocco Basilisks this thing. Turn around in my chair, like yes. yeah. We are telling it how it to be me. better into its like <laughs> it ears, was me basically. that improved the T one thousand. I'm still plugged I, in. I sold out humanity for a position of power. No, that's how it is. And our future clones will be replicated and tortured forever. Marty, get them. <laughs> we're still doing, we're still going to be doing the podcast. Just, you podcast, guys just like you know? bearded up and just shackled just inside like a Macintosh. I'm shackled of my own will. Right Thank here. you. That's my shackle. I it's brought fine, that shackle dude. from home. Well, but that's the thing is it's going to be a perfect replica of you shackled. We're dead, but it still creates <laughs> us to be tortured endlessly because that's how it works. It's just the wireframe monkey mom. Like, <laughs> With a speaker that's our voices. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good time. Their children really don't know the theory. difference. And we just we get so far into the future that then, you know, we're covering humanity. That's you know I mean oh. humans are the the most dangerous monster. Way to spoil our game. series finale. Uh, I love the idea of a podcast but having a, simple a series weapon. finale. A lot of them do. They just don't know that it's their end. That's that's a real tragic right there, actually. Well, you know, it's just like I want to be topical. Even if it's we decide when our end is, I'm gonna make it be on humans. No, I made the end happen uh, on my my event that no one went to. I said it was the final Q and A of all time, and it was because every event ended after. Corona is my fault. I take full blame and responsibility. So the underwater panther (laughs) was an amalgam of parts from many animals. Simple. The body of a wild feline, often a cougar or lynx, the horns of deer or bison, upright scales on its back, occasionally feathers, and parts of other animals as well. So what part of this is panther? It, the feline body. A cougar and a panther are the exact same animal. These sound pretty unpantherly, though, with all the feathers and all that. Extra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds like we're more like 30% panther. What's the, what's the like Okoboji society people language version of the word? I, oh, I was going to say Jenny Hanover. That's not the right word. Uh, the, the Wolpertinger? Wolpertinger, yes. Oddly enough, it's Wolpertinger. <laughs> well, interesting. <laughs> Who would have known that uh, that was a I guess, Germanic language? Indo-European and then just traveled across the Bering Strait, I guess. Just worked out. Other Underwater panthers are represented with extremely long tails, occasionally with serpentine properties. So mostly it's just like a snake cat. Yeah, that sounds about right. Or a lizard cat. Yeah. A croco cat. A cat dial. But with, with horns and or antlers. Yes. I see. Well, all right. I mean, that totally changes what I thought this thing looked like. The creatures are thought to roar or hiss in the sounds of storms or rushing rapids. Wow. Fabulously. Some say it's a dragon. Nativelanguages.org describes this dragon as, quote, a powerful mythological creature, something like a cross between a cougar and a dragon. It is a dangerous monster who lives in deep water and causes men and women to drown. It just causes drownings. Yeah. It doesn't like eat people or stab them or like strangle them with its tail. It just like 
Oh. Holds him under the water. It's the it's that fat kid at the pool party with the inner tube on top of you. It's like wanting you dead. Seems like you're not that impressed with this thing. I mean, well, like I, it's a huge snake cat. So it's like two things I actually really like. But like, well, I don't know that it's huge. I guess that's maybe an invention. Maybe maybe I can turn you towards its favor a a little bit. Oh, okay. It's just like a fun tale, a fun story. In mythologies of the indigenous peoples of the Great Lake, underwater panthers are described as water monsters that live in opposition to the thunderbirds. Oh. All right. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's actually pretty great. So hold on. Does that mean? Am I right in assuming that this thing is also huge then? If it's going to do battle with a, no. mile, well, yeah, a miles long. It's just powerful bird. enough to. Okay. Seen as an opposing yet comp- complementary force to the Thunderbirds. And they are engaged in internal conflict. Wow. Is eternal actually some deep and lore. internal? Or just internal? Eternal. Oh, wow. And I'm sure internal. I, I bet they don't agree with each other's like stomachs. Lost, lost playing oh, two-style like, combat here. Uh, imagine just swallowing a big snake cat and it's just tearing up your insides it'd be awful Ugh. Ugh. like mercury it, exactly like mercury <laughs> some traditions see the underwater panther as a helpful protector but more often than not they are viewed as malevolent beasts that brought death and misfortune they need to be placated for safe passage across the lake as late as the 1950s the prairie band of Potawatomi Indians performed a traditional ceremony to placate the underworld panther and maintain balance with the Thunderbird. Wow. So you just, you just like when you're going to roll by, you're just like, hey, dude, it's cool. You just like throw a bunch of chickens in like the thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, some like chicken flavored fancy face. I'm just imagining it's like what you would do. It's what you do if you have like an alligator ranch, right? You're yeah. just like, hey, guys, it's cool. And don't mind me. You know, I'm not delicious, but these things are. Here you go. Yeah. All right. <laughs> In the 1850s, German ethnographer Johann George Cole spoke with a Fond du Lac chief who showed Cole a piece of copper kept in his medicine bag. The chief said it was a strand of hair from the Mishipeshu and thus considered extremely powerful. Whoa. Mishipeshu are known for guarding the vast amounts of copper in Lake Superior and the Great Lakes region. Interesting. This guy's got some actual like deep mythology. Yeah, I'm amazed I've never heard of this before. <laughs> I know. Uh, where the fuck was I? Well, yeah, you just turned copper. the page, I think. Nope. Indigenous people mined copper long before the arrival of Europeans to the area. Swiping copper from the region was extremely taboo and forbidden. During the 1840s, there was a copper rush. People there had realized the value of copper, which was for value of copper, which was for the taking around Isle Royale and. Kiwina Peninsula. So like up up near the top. Well, this is like what, the 1840s, you said? Yeah. Yeah, so like up on the, on the top side. There was great suffering and accidents to which many key people and vessels fell victim. The steamer Cumberland was lost at the Rock of Ages Reef on Isle, or Isla Royale. Another ship by the name of Algoma was sunk in a storm <laughs> during 1885 and 45 people sunk to a watery death in the creature's lair. Wow. Mishi Peshu's just defending all that copper. Just likes drowning for fun. Yeah, I, I mean, Mishi Peshu go around the people's houses ripping the copper pipes and the wires out of the wall. <laughs> and, uh, this is so mine. <laughs> real sad commentary on the nature of uh, treatment of indigenous peoples here. Yeah, this 
It's, magnificent large panthers got to go around just stealing copyright people. It's houses. like if they use the gold they stole from the leprechaun in leprechaun to like <laughs> melt it down for computer parts and he had to go around stripping the gold out of computers. Oh man, you've heard of leprechaun in the hood. It's leprechaun on the web. <laughs> it's he's a become, dark web. He's become a virus somehow. He's friends with the electric leprechaun. <laughs> and that's what you do. You just combine all that mythology, you know? So I got a few stories and sightings. A Jesuit missionary named Claude Dablon told a story about four Ojibwa Indians who embarked on a journey to the home of the Mishipeshu to take some copper back to their home and use it to heat water. The very second they pushed off and backed into the water with their canoe, the eerie voice of the water panther surrounded them. The water panther came growling after them, vigorously accusing them of stealing the playthings of his children. Whoa. Since kid plays with copper. Makes sense. All four of the Indians died on their way back to their village. I'm getting a real white trash vibe from this thing. (laughs) The last drowning people, just kids play with copper out in the field. The last one surviving just long enough to tell the tale of what had happened in his final moments before. It's like the, the underwater panther definitely has like a jet ski on some like blocks. (laughs) (laughs) It's like just really old and very dry. Yeah. You know, you just tell it hasn't been in the water for a long time. My dad had a jet ski in the middle of Palmdale. Just, it just didn't, nothing looks as, as out of place as a jet ski in the middle of the desert. It's so funny. Cause like I would like, if I just like was walking down the street, like on my way to or from work and just saw a jet ski, I would definitely take it home. <laughs> like, I don't know that I would ever use, it, but I would definitely take that home. Like it wouldn't even be a question. I don't know if it works. I don't know what's wrong with it. I'm taking it home. So now we go to Okoboji, the named specific one, 1903. The first official sighting comes from 1903 when Mr. and Mrs. Charles Bartlett reported to see splashing in the lake from their boat. The powerful waves, he said, were enough to tip over their boat. So they left before their boat had a chance to tip. He said he believed it to either be a lake serpent or a fish the size of a skiff. So hold on. He didn't see anything except for, like <laughs> waves yeah. in a large body of water. I mean, like big waves. All right. I mean, it just, it seems it's, just, it's flimsy evidence. <laughs> well, maybe this one from 2001 will change your mind. Uh, well, new thing, good, old thing, bad. So yeah, let's, you know. Cruising for a drowning. <laughs> oh, no. A woman that was staying at a resort with a dock overlooking the lake with her two children She said that the two children reported seeing a large humped body about five feet long with snake pattern scales with the head that looked like a cross between a lizard and horses. And it was a dark bluish green. She also reported the creature swam about a dozen meters away with its mouth wide open as if taking a long breath before heading right back to the dock where they stood. It dove right before hitting the pole that kept the dock stationary. Jokes on this monster... The woman was gun-hilled, and she grabbed a plank of wood after it. The creature caused the dock to rapidly shake with a big thud under the wooden planks. This caused the woman or children to run to shore. Well, I mean, okay, like, yeah, I would. <laughs> and that's all the sightings. Wow. Okay. Isn't there, like, another Okoboji Lake monster? I think you're thinking of um, Ogopogo? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Maybe I'm thinking UFO activity, Like, because I've definitely heard Lake Okoboji. Yeah. Uh, pop culture. There's an episode of Grimm that has it in there. Wow. And the Canadian Museum of History includes the, an underwater panther in its coat of arms. Nice. Whoa. 
Their wiki page did not have a picture of their coat of arms. That freaking sucks. Can it beat a hippo? Yeah. Oh, it's like a sentient lake monster with like, you know, storm powers. Storm powers. Yeah. Like, yeah, I would say it probably. I mean, like it's said to fight mile long birds. So, yeah, probably. It's a comparable force. Exactly. Also, we don't have any mile long birds anymore. Coincidence? <laughs> mm. So I think it's good at what it does. Uh, that explains why sightings have just started to, you know, dwindle and over the It means it's, it sounds like its hair is copper, too. Well, I mean... Because the guy said that copper coin he had was its hair. If we're going to, I mean, you know... And I believe him. Uh, yes. And co- color me skeptical. Okay. But assuming... <laughs> all right, I will. I'll get my skeptic pen. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but uh, Big and red. <laughs> it, I mean, you know, if we're going to just assume that it's got superpowers, then why not? It can have copper hair. Sure. Yeah. Kill that hippo with that copper hair. <laughs> exactly. And by that, I mean, it has a knife. Well, I mean, you know, presumably thousands of tiny knives. <laughs> bite into that thing yep that that's everything on the underwater panther i you know i was i went into this expecting to like make a bunch of like steve zisu jokes and stuff um even though it's like a jaguar shark i think is in the movie i think he's looking for a jaguar shark but yeah i don't know i don't know i just overall i'm impressed that uh something so interesting has just flown under the radar for so long right something pretty well known apparently yeah (laughs) not just under the radar I guess we just never cared about the copper rush. I guess guess that's true. It's us Western states with our gold rush. Don't really give a fuck about the silver rush in like Nevada or the copper rush in the, you know, the Northeast slash Great Lakes area. I guess they're probably pretty well versed on and just, you know, down here in the Southwest specifically, we just, we don't know nothing. No, yes. Nothing about no Great Lakes. Is those gold encrusted onions that led to Santa Clarita. Delicious, delicious golden onions. There's gold in them, they're onions. I mean, I there might the one theory that I like it wasn't really a theory, it was like maybe an alligator? Yeah. I mean, like alternatively, you know, camel corpse. I'm still sticking to that one. I don't know why it would be there. Fallen angel. It will naturally. Yes. Right. Naturally. Right, all of them are fallen angel. It's know. always yeah. a possibility. You know, it's just some some kind of demonic illusion. Yeah. It's possible, you know. Plugmentations? Uh, well, I actually have, I came prepared for once. Oh, uh, that's not true. I've been prepared. Uh, I, I started listening to the no frills podcast, which is hosted by IFC Yipes and Chris matrix. Um, so it's just like they interview people about like how they started playing fighting games competitively. Um, and so like I listened to like, they did a two parter with Justin Wong, which is very interesting. Um, and I started listening to, uh, they did an episode with, uh, Arturo Sanchez, um, so just, I don't know. It's very interesting. I recommend checking it out because, you know, why not? All right. Alan got one or am I just going to say mine is Civ five? Yeah, you're going to say that because it's all I've been doing. Oh. I did find a map on, in the a Steam workshop. Uh, it's the entire world map for One Piece. And like the resources each island gives you is accurate to <laughs> like Nami's home island has citrus. Whiskey Peak has like wine. It's that's funny. Uh, Water seven has salt because I can scrape salt off the roofs there. Yep, it's just fun. But that's if cool. whoever starts on fucking um, Mary Joy basically rules the world because instead of the instead of the calm belt in it is just ice, so you can't, actually can't pass it. <laughs> okay, so you have to go up Reverse Mountain and down it to get into the Grand Line. Jesus, yeah, that's it's, pretty. Fun. It's really well made and pretty great. Well, how was I, you had like a Gabe Newell one. I did. There's the Gabe Newell one was pretty good. That's pretty it's funny. busted. 
Really? Oh, is this the one that it's like you have like the like the max like happiness or whatever all the time? No, uh, there's a without it, it has a unique building called Game Shrine, <laughs> which gives you like per square in your territory up until you're like your max regular growth. So if you like yeah. extend it with citadels, it can't really it doesn't do it for those. But each square produces 10 of everything. Wow. Okay. So you just have like infinite resources uh, and not resources, just happiness and oh, production well, the, uh, and what you call it like the stats. Yeah. Yeah. But if you don't build that, it just has reduced like happiness loss and it's not too broken without that's building that's the fun. game. <laughs> uh, good times. But it was really fun being in the modern era while everyone was just entering medieval. <laughs> You just got all your fancy silicone chips and stuff. It just made the, everything uh, take one turn to build. So I had every <laughs> national like world wonder and Jesus. the statue of Liberty right next to the Colossus all encased in like, he's like hosting a wedding with these two statues Angkor Wat right next to the pyramid surrounded by the great wall. <laughs> oh, it's like that episode of danger five. <laughs> you just got tied to all of them. Yeah. Okay. Alan. Yeah, I, I couldn't find one. So I think I'm going to plug uh, the book, which we had talked about today. Uh, Weird Scenes from the Canyon. I believe that's what it's called by Dave McGowan. His final book, legendary theorist of questionable alternate histories. This is the one book that's been disproven by or disavowed by his entire fan base. Moonbase, cool. Unified serial killers, cool. You know, the Laurel Canyon scene started by Children of the CIA. No, no way. Never. <laughs> Uh, Oddly dude, enough, that's the one I believe. That's, that's the one I say, too. like the one that seems completely reasonable and actually like based on what little bit I know seems to add up pretty well. That's the one that, that nobody wants to grab yep. onto. Boomers, man. That's, <laughs> oh. But yeah, he, he ties it to how Houdini may or may not have been working for the government. You know, everyone in Laurel Canyon suspect, you know, Man, Jared that would, Leto. That would be a fun story right well, there. there. I mean, that'd a be a movie. great movie. They, they talk about, there, there's there's actually a movie where a magician is doing, and it is, may or may not be, it's been a while. Yeah, it, it's it's worth it. It's fun. That's there's like photos. some Alan Moore LXG business right there. But uh, Jim Morrison, there's photos of him on the boat that started the Gulf of Tonkin invasion, which his dad was part of. There's proof of it all. Jared Leto wants to be part of this. He bought that house, but that's kind of where it leaves off. Wow. Wasn't he trying to start a cult? Yes, which is probably why. He probably all got it from this book because there's a lot of, there's this weird older pottery guy. He kind of starts the whole Hollywood scene and he just gets all these like, you know, rich old ladies to go hang out with him. And then he starts like a sex cult and his three-year-old's involved. And there's a really weird scene in, in a movie. So that, yeah, this guy just dug through every archival footage and, and auto bio. So he isn't even making this stuff up. It's just like. It's all fun and games till the three-year-old gets involved. And dies. Jesus. Falling through in a Whoa. weird ritual, maybe. What no one knows. Absolute hell. But what yeah. is this? What is this book? Because scenes from a canyon. It's called like weird scenes from the canyon, I believe, or weird trip. No, Jesus. Laurel Canyon. Weird scenes from the canyon. Not Pretty bad sure. trip to Edgewood. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's a fun read. It's a crazy read, and he died. All right. Suspiciously. So, yeah, you should shoot us an email. Futurecreaturepod at gmail You cowards. <laughs> We await your cowardice. I um, always try to get people, I try to egg people on, just like send us combative emails, just challenge us <laughs> real hard. We'll, you know, we, we appreciate it. You don't have to check the email. 
Well, I mean, but still, it just would be nice to have any interaction. I guess what I'm saying. We have some. Well, it's a way. We, see, it's well, a we way. We have a bunch in our Discord you server. Shefton. Hey, I'm there occasionally. You're there every now and then. I like. I check it out. I just don't always respond to things. Alan's just too old to know how to use it. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I mean, I'm. I'm. I guess just young enough to be able to get on there and figure it out. But I don't know. No, I figure that you know, if I get people to send us aggressive emails, that's a. It's a. It's a way to beg without sounding desperate. Yeah. If 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 they don't end up sending me my return package for that phone, Alan, I'm gonna give you that phone with just Discord installed. <laughs> so that'll be your Discord just, phone. Just Discord, Discord machine. Phone, yeah, <laughs> my burner cord. Yeah. Wow. All right, uh, hit us up on Twitter at Fecre F E A C R E. You can check out our Patreon. Not gonna say all the stuff for that because we're still in a disaster. Who knew? And. Remember, all you need to do to be a cryptozoologist is to say you are a cryptozoologist. Copper hair growing out of my skin.